Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Very warm welcome. Uh, those of you on live stream as well, good to have you joining with us. If you're a visitor here, I hope you have a very uh, warm welcome today. This is what it says in Hebrews 4. It's talking about Jesus, the high priest. It says this, Since then we have a, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then, here at Forest Fold on this Sunday morning, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So let's pray as we start our Sunday morning service together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are almighty, that you are supreme, that you are the one that is keeping our hearts beating inside of us this morning, sustaining all things, holding the universe together. And yet, Lord, at the same time, you became like one of us and you died for us so that you could become our high priest. And because of that, Lord, we can come boldly before you this morning. Lord, we can pray to you, we can worship you, we can hear what you're saying to us this morning. Lord, we can do it freely and boldly. Lord, I pray that we may find mercy this morning and that we may find uh, grace in our time of need. So Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for giving us access to the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last Sunday morning, if you were here, and if you remember, we looked at uh, I am the good shepherd. That's what Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Well, this week, Jesus is saying to us, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So we're looking forward to John, our pastor, expanding that for us, helping us to know what it means and applying it to our lives. But firstly, we're going to sing our first song, Jesus is Lord. I'm pretty sure he chose it partly because of this first verse. Jesus is Lord, the cry that echoes through creation. Resplendent power, eternal word, our rock, the Son of God, the King whose glory fills the heavens, yet bids us come to taste this living bread. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing.
Well, just before we uh, have the reading, just want to share with you about the quiz coming up, God willing, on the 17th of March. Uh, a good number of you have been before. Uh, so it's a quiz for adults, and it's a real opportunity to invite people along, um, invite friends, uh, family, colleagues along to it. Um, there's also the women's breakfast, but I was... Yeah, just to tell you about the quiz, so, um, yeah, beat your team eight or less. We have got some flyers. They are on their way. Unfortunately, they didn't make it for this weekend, but they should be in the next couple of days or so. So we will have some from next week, hopefully from this Thursday, that you can hand out to people. Um, so I know the date's not um, ideal for every uh, person, but um, it was the, the best one we could go with. Um, but do, do try and invite people along to it. It's a great opportunity to... Invite them along, chat to them. There's a short message as well. So just uh, make you aware of that. Well, this morning, we're in the Gospel of John. So we're going to have our reading uh, in John chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 25 to 51. So John chapter 6, verses 25 to 51. So just to give a bit of context, Jesus is uh, very much in demand because of the things that he's been doing. Uh, he's also done a, a sort of massive feeding miracle. And now people are literally travelling across the sea to be back with him. And they find Jesus, and here is the, the discussion that results from those things and the remarkable things that he says to them. So this is John chapter 6, starting at verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be able to do the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ain't manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then just before we get on to verses 41 to 51, just to say what Jesus says causes quite a stir. Um, and the reading carries on with how they react, to which Jesus then has more to say. So carrying on, 41 to 51. 
So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, is, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Well, there's a lot in that reading, uh, but we're looking forward to John explaining that to us later. We're going to sing again. Um, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds. I'm going to read the first two verses. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes our sorrows, heals our wounds, and drives away our fear. It makes the wounded spirit whole and calms each heart oppressed. It's manna to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. And then after this, uh, Tony will be doing the children's talk.
morning. Good to see you all. Now, we've got, we're going to be talking about choices this morning. And I want to start you off with, a, a, well, maybe an easy choice, maybe a difficult choice. Do you prefer, we're going to have a bit of a vote, do you prefer ice cream cornets, like Mr Whippies, or do you prefer ice lollies like Magnums and Soleros? So if you prefer cornets, put your hand up now. If you prefer lollies, put your hand up now. Bit even, but I think cornets have it. Right, here's a question. Here's my next question. I'm going to pick on Lydia. Lydia, how long do you think your ice cream cornet would last if you were eating it? Eight minutes. Now, who, who, who chose a lolly? Who picked up a lolly? You chose, you chose a lolly. How long do you think your lolly would last if you were eating it? A long time? Five minutes. Well, both of them last quite a nice time, but they don't last very long. So at the end of your ice cream, well, if you've had a corn, you've got nothing. And if you've had a lolly, you've just got the stick left, haven't you? Now, I wonder, can someone... Hopefully... Oh, no, I've gone the wrong way. That's not going to help us, is it? Uh, oh, oh. Right, let's go back that one. Now, this is, this is going to ruin things. If you were watching carefully, you're going to have answers to my next questions. But can someone read that word for me? Oh, can you read it? Eternal. Now, here's a more difficult question. Can someone give me another word for eternal? Go on, Annie. Forever. Forever. Anyone else got any other words like it? Yes, Katie? Ah, oh, hang on. That's not, that's not eternal life. It's the next one. I was going to ask what the word that came with it. So forever, any other words? Yes? Everlasting. So something that goes on forever. Now, if I'm asking you to make a choice about something, and your ice, ice cream or your lolly lasts a few minutes, can you see that something lasts forever is a much bigger choice? Isn't it? Much longer goes on forever and ever and ever. Well, you already know the answer to the next question. What often comes with eternal? Yeah, I'm sure you all knew the answer. Eternal life. Life that goes on forever. And then I was going to ask you, do any of you know about a Bible verse that talks about eternal life? Oh. Is there a Bible verse? Well, let me show it to you. It's one that you... Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. For God... Actually, I can't read it because my eyes are too, too bad to read it up there. So can someone read that for me? Yes, you do. Great, thank you very much. So God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. God gave his son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. So here's my next question for you. Who gets this eternal life? Got them? 
Whoever believes in Jesus gets this eternal life. Now, what's this eternal life like? Shall I tell you? This eternal life is brilliant because it means you've got Jesus as your friend all through life, whatever life brings. So the happy times, the sad times, the difficult times. And do you know what? Even better than that, Jesus has promised that at the end of somebody, somebody's life who believes in him, who trusts in him, they'll be with him forever. And there will be nothing that makes them sad. Everything will be brilliant forever. Can you think about that? Everything brilliant forever. Now, I said we're making big decisions, important choices. Those of you who are staying to the fellowship lunch, you're going to be making some choices, particularly when it comes to the puddings. It's going to be a difficult choice, isn't it? Is it going to be dirt cake or cheesecake? But both of those are really lovely choices, aren't they? The difference between the two, difficult to judge, isn't it? But with this one, what's the other choice? What's the other choice other than believing in Jesus and knowing everlasting, eternal, wonderful life? What's the other choice? Wow. Shall I show you what the rest of Jesus said? You see, when Jesus was asked this question, the people who trust Jesus will not be lost. What does this, this second bit say? God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. Everyone, he who believes in God's son is not judged guilty. He who does not believe has already been judged guilty because he hasn't believed in God's only son. Now, what does that mean? Judged guilty. Well, God knows all about us. He knows everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. So he knows all about the wrong things we've done. And do you know what the worst thing someone can do? The worst thing someone can do is ignore God's wonderful son that he gave to this earth so that everyone who trusts in him can enjoy eternal life. So those who turn away from him, who choose to live in the dark, one day they're going to be punished for all the bad things they've done, including turning away from Jesus. So can you see it's a very different choice. It's either everlasting life or everlasting punishment. Really big choices. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we thank you that you gave Jesus so that anyone and everyone who trusts him can know life that lasts forever, 
and a wonderful future. Oh Lord, I pray that we will all know that and that you won't leave any of us to take our own guilt, to face you having to explain why we turned away from you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening well. In just a moment, we're going to pray again. Um, and we're going to pray inspired by Psalm 103. If you ever don't know what to pray, or if you ever want to enrich your prayer lives, praying scripture is a really helpful thing to do. So let's pray. We'll pray for some other things at the end as well. But let's pray firstly inspired by Psalm 103. Lord God, we come before you and Lord, we praise you. And Lord, I pray that we would praise you with our whole heart. Lord, that we would praise your holy name. Lord, that every single part of us would praise you this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd help us never to forget the good things you do for us. To remember, Lord, that you forgive us our sins. Lord, you redeem us from death. Lord, you fill our lives with good things. So Lord, that it feels like our youth is renewed like the eagles. Lord, we thank you that you give righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Lord, we thank you that you've revealed yourself to us. Lord, you revealed yourself to Moses in the Old Testament. Lord, we see that you are compassionate and merciful, that you are slow to get angry. You are filled with unfailing love. Lord, I thank you that you don't constantly accuse us, nor do you remain angry forever. Lord, you don't punish us according to our sins or deal harshly with us because that is what we deserve. Lord, that is the truth of it. We deserve to be treated harshly. And yet, Lord, you have unfailing love towards those who fear you. Lord, your love is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Lord, you've removed our sins far from us, as far as the east is from the west. Lord, we thank you that you are a loving father to your children, tender and compassionate to all of us who fear you. Lord, you know how weak we are. Lord, you know we're like the grass. You know we're like flowers that fade and die so quickly, like the wind that blows and it's gone. And yet, Lord, your love is not like that. Your love endures to all those who fear you. Lord, your salvation extends to all those who obey you. Lord, I pray that we may be a people that love you, that fears you, and that obeys you as our God. Lord, we thank you that you have made the heavens your throne, that from there you rule over everything. Lord, we're told to encourage the angels to praise you, the armies of angels who serve you and do your will. Lord, praise the Lord everything you have created, everything in all his kingdom. Lord, we thank you for that psalm. Lord, we pray that we may come with a real sense of praise this morning. And Lord, we also do come with things to pray for. Lord, we thank you that you know us, that you care for us. Lord, I pray for all those who are struggling this morning. 
maybe those going through things that not many other people know. Lord, we do commit them to you. Lord, I pray for the young family, Lord, especially with Graham's health situation. Lord, I do pray that you continue to be with them. Lord, be with Graham. Lord, reveal yourself to him. Lord, I pray that you bless the family in a special way at this time. Lord, we pray for the quiz as well coming up. Lord, we thank you for how you've used it in the past. Lord, for the opportunity to bring people along to share them a bit of who you are. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us again this year, that you'd be with the plans as they're made. Lord, I pray that you would um, use that opportunity. Help us to use it as well. Help us to invite people. Sometimes it takes courage. Lord, help us to do it, Lord, for your sake. Help us to have confidence as well, Lord, that when you speak to people, Lord, you can completely transform people. Lord, that it is not about us, but it is about you. Lord, I pray that you would use that opportunity. Lord, I just want to thank you as well for the Sussex Gospel Partnership. Lord, there are so many churches around in this area who love you, who hold fast to your word. The, the word of God goes out week by week. Lord, I pray that you would bless all the different churches. Lord, we thank you for partnership. Lord, it reminds us that actually we're in partnership with the worldwide church, all those who truly follow you. And that is a wonderful thing, that Lord, church is not just Forest Fold on a Sunday morning, but that it is worldwide. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to grasp some of that bigger picture and that it would excite us. And as well, Lord, as we think about people from the past and people in the future who are part of your kingdom. But Lord, I do just pray for those in the partnership. Lord, those who are particularly going through challenging times at the moment, those who are having to contend for the truth, Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen them, encourage them, Help us to pray for them as well in their different situations, whatever they may be. And Lord, I just pray that you'd be with us, Lord, as we have your word open to us as we look at this. Uh, again, incredible statement, I am the bread of life. Lord, I pray that you'd help John as he explains it to us. Lord, I thank you for the help you've been to him in prep as he's prayed through it, as he's looked over it. Lord, we thank you the confidence that he can have that this is your word, that it's not just him speaking. Lord, I pray that we'd know that this morning. And Lord, do just be with Keith as well, Lord, at Halland. Lord, I pray that you bless him. Thank you that he too is delivering your word to people. So Lord, speak to us. Help us to listen. Help us to take it in. Help our hearts to be tender to what you've got to say to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, partly why I prayed for the Sussex Gospel Partnership is because uh, John, I and Rosie Crowther went to a Sussex Gospel Partnership meeting uh, this week and we sung this next song that we're going to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Uh, it's one we have sung before, but as we were singing it on Wednesday this week, I thought I really want to sing this uh, today or on a Sunday. Um, so when John sent through the song choices, I was really pleased to see it there. So turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and let's pray that as John opens the word to us, that the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace.
So we come next to another towering statement of Jesus. Hear what he says. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for others? We're looking at these to help us understand who Jesus is and what he does and the massive impact it can have on us. He gets us here to think of food, which is a, a nice subject for many of us. Bread is bread, but in those days it was also um, the basic, regular part of food. And it's part of that for us, but uh, we also have our potatoes and our pasta and our rice and our wraps and our paninis and our fruit and our vegetables and our dairy products and our puddings. It's quite nice on a, a fellowship meal day to be on this theme. Uh, many are staying for a meal afterwards. I'm sure others are welcome to if they hadn't planned to already. Some have been preparing food. Many of us are looking forward to eating the food, to going up, to taking our choice. Others are heading home and going to have their dinner, their meal there. And Jesus says, I am the food of life. Similar in verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Said plainly in verse 48 again, I am the bread of life. In verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. What does all this mean? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for others? Well, I hope to say some things that will unpack a little of what this means and we'll unpack it in the light of the things that are around it and we're going to look at it in a, a number of pairs. I hope that proves helpful. We're going to think about two things that food does. What does food do that Jesus is drawing on here? It satisfies appetite. You like feeling full? You like getting to the point of, I couldn't eat another thing? Earlier, some of them had had their fill of, fill of bread. It's referred to in verse 26. They were satisfied. You like being satisfied? You come home hungry. Maybe even you come home Hangry, as we say. Dinner is served. You eat plenty. You slump into your chair. You have a coffee and you're full. And it's a lovely feeling, isn't it? Being satisfied. Normal food satisfies. 
for a bit. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Satisfies appetite. Food sustains life. We can't live without it. We can't keep going without it. We get grumpy. We get faint. We get thin. We get ill. There's those survival rules. I don't know if you've come across them. Three minutes without oxygen. You can't last without oxygen for three minutes or over three minutes. I wouldn't recommend you try it. Three days without water. Three weeks without food. We, we need food. It sustains us. At least for a while anyway. And Jesus says... I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We need food. It, it sustains us, at least for a while. And Jesus sustains and gives life. Somebody kindly gave me a pack of four double-deckers a few weeks ago. I was preparing Friday morning. I've kept these double-deckers for Friday 11s. And so I was uh, preparing for this and unwrapping my double-decker. And it, it was satisfying. I enjoyed it. I have it on Friday mornings because I try and go for a run about midday on Friday. And so it gives me some extra energy. And it sustains me. Satisfies. It sustains and that's what Jesus does. He satisfies inwardly. He satisfies spiritually. He is the answer to our deepest needs. The deepest needs of the human heart. For deep life. For spiritual life. For a relationship with God. He's satisfied in our deep needs for forgiveness and acceptance and belonging and true peace and true joy and true purpose and true hope. Jesus satisfies. At uh, Nottingham University, where uh, our daughter is this week, they've been having a mission, an events week, they call it. And the theme is Made for More. That's what's been on their sweatshirts. That's been what's been on their publicity. That's what's been on the apt adverts that have gone around. Made for more. Do you have that more that comes from Jesus? People used to say, I don't know whether they still do, do they get a life? Get a life. In other words, they're saying you're not really living in the way in which you're going about things. Get a life. Well, in a deeper spiritual way, have you got a life through Jesus? You're interested in normal food. Some of you are very interested in normal food. There's something more important. In my mind, I kept coming back to verse 27 here. Do
do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. Connects with the children's talk, doesn't it? Are you interested in that life that comes from Jesus? Two things about food. And to understand what's happening here a bit more, two things in the background. Two things in the background. There are two big events which are the backdrop to what happens here and to what Jesus is teaching here. And realising that will make fuller sense of what we read through earlier. He talks or refers to food on the hillside. This was an amazing event. This was at the start of the chapter. There were hungry thousands who had been given, if you like, an all-you-can-eat lunch from virtually nothing. Jesus had had 5,000 plus, over 5,000 people And they'd been satisfied. They'd been more than satisfied. If we cut in at verse 11, at the start of the chapter, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. They were satisfied. They were more than satisfied. That's why many of them made the trip across the sea to see Jesus again. They realised there was something special about Jesus. And this was a sign It was pointing to Jesus and what he could do. It was, if you like, proof that he was the bread of life. Jesus gives proof to these claims. It is one of the wonderful things that we will stumble across a few times, I think, in the coming weeks, that Jesus makes a claim and his actions prove the claim. So we will see he claims to be the light of the world and he heals a blind man. We see he claims to be the resurrection and the life and he raises Lazarus. And here, earlier in the chapter, this person who claims to be the bread of life fed 5,000 plus people from nothing and they were fully satisfied. You had the food on the hillside. But it also, the backdrop to this is food in the desert. There was another great miracle in Israel's history. In fact, it really was a prolonged miracle. It was multiple miracles. For around 40 years, in fact, the Israelites travelling in the desert would have soon died in the desert, but a daily gift was given from heaven of bread or manna, as it is called. You can read about it in Exodus 16 if you want to delve into the background. And so they were kept going by what God provided from heaven for that. And we find out here that that prolonged multiple miracle, famous in the life of the Israelites, was also pointing to Jesus. Verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. It was pointing to Jesus. They were starting to wonder, actually, is, is Jesus like a Moses in the way in which he's giving us this bread? And Jesus is saying, I am more than Moses. I am like the bread itself. And one aspect of it which keeps coming out in these verses and throws further light on who Jesus is, is the way in which it keeps talking about him coming down from heaven. The bread came down from heaven. It was a gift from above. And seven times in this passage we're reminded that Jesus came down from heaven. It gave them a problem. It was so significant. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is not a mere ordinary man. He is not only a man. He is from heaven. He is the Son. And coming down meant he was God's gift to the earth, going down all the way to the cross where he would give his life so that there could be life and satisfaction for others. So there are those two aspects of background which help us to understand a bit more what is going on here. I want to mention two things we need to do. In fact, there are, if you like, two sides of the same thing in a way. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The first is to come. To come. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. Well, at the fellowship meal, I don't know if it's the normal pattern, but it's normally a buffet, and people are encouraged to come. Uh, table by table, usually, to give a little bit of order, and people are encouraged to come. And it's free, and people have plenty, usually, and sometimes there's even a call for seconds. And people come, and they have. And Jesus tells people to come to him. It's as if Jesus is the buffet of life. In your need for spiritual life, come to Jesus. Recognise who he is. Recognise what he has done. Recognise what he can give. And come to him spiritually in your heart. Jesus is a spiritual food bank. Jesus is a spiritual supermarket where there is no price. Jesus is a spiritual feast and we're encouraged to come. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. 
and see the willingness of Jesus to receive those who come to him, praying genuinely, seeking life from him. For it says, whoever. Doesn't that encourage you this morning? Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Maybe you are aware of God's sovereignty in salvation. Um, The chaps who are going on the men's convention day next Saturday will hear more about that. And it is plain in this chapter. And I think it was plain in the chapter that was covered last week in John 10. It's a theme that comes out in the Gospel of John. But it doesn't stop the genuine invitation coming from the lips of Jesus for people to come. It comes very plain in verse 37 of chapter 6. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Whoever comes to Jesus will not be cast away because of how bad their background is, because of how little they understood in the past, because of how mixed their family is. Jesus invites all sorts, whoever, to come to him for life. He is the spiritual buffet. Come. Two things we need to do. The other word he uses, another aspect of it, is believe. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This comes out so many times in this chapter. I tracked the word believe, I think it was nine times in this chapter. Just give you a couple of examples. Verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Later on in the chapter, believing is compared to to eating. You know your need. You're hungry. You trust in that what's in front of you is good and will help. You personally take it for yourself. Need, trust, taking. Many didn't believe here. You can see that as the chapter goes on. Despite seeing the miracle of feeding so many people, they they didn't want to entrust themselves to Jesus. It was in the hardness of their heart. And they head off and don't follow him anymore. Peter certainly does believe. Verse 68, he says... And we have believed and know and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. He said before, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Have you believed in Jesus in that needy, trusting, personally taking way? you know about the food, the bread, 
But have you taken in it personally? Maybe you watch things like Master Chef, is it, and Bake Off. And these judges, they come along and, and they nibble a bit, don't they? But there's a lovely dish in front of them. All they do is have a little teaspoonful. They're analysing it. They're looking at it. They're assessing its appearance. They go on to the next one. Not really eating it for themselves. Do you ever find this in your family events? That you go for a family meal, or maybe you, you, you're, you have the privilege of going out for a, a special meal, and you've looked at the menu, and you've made your choice, and you've waited for the waiters to come, and the plates have come through, and the plate is on your mat, and you're looking to delve in, you pick up the cutlery, and somebody says, hold on, nobody take any food, we've got to have a photo. And you sit there waiting, food in front of you, while well, somebody takes a snap and sends it on or does the selfie. You're not eating the food, you're enjoying the occasion and the event, but the food is there, but it's not being eaten. And is that like that in your life? You, you know about the food, you can analyse the food, you don't mind the special event, you know, you, you quite like some of the relationships, but have you eaten? Have you believed? Is the bread of life something that you know you need, that you trust as good and helpful, and that you have personally taken as you've gone to Jesus by faith, repenting and turning to him? Two things we need to do. Then finally, two things it leads to. Because the, the distinctive thing is that it, it lasts, unlike the Mr. Whippy, unlike the lolly. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That doesn't mean that there is a hundred percent sense of satisfaction in our feelings now, always. It's pointing to the fact that through Jesus you have things that last and remain. And it's put uh, lots of times here in two different ways. The first is an everlasting or eternal life. That is what it leads to. So many times here, I'll just pick the, those two verses again which I read because they contain so much. Verse 40, for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. Verse 47, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Are you a bit more aware of your mortality recently? Maybe you've had some tests yourself and you're awaiting results. Maybe you've had people close to you pass away. Maybe you hear the news of certain celebrities who've been key people in your life and now suddenly you realise that they have gone. It made me think of the time when I was at secondary school here and, and a, of a couple of events that occurred, you know, probably midway through my secondary school uh, time. Uh, and the first was that, the, that one of the students passed away. Uh, he hadn't been poorly. There was some sort of 
accident or something and we came in and the news was that he had, it was in the year above me that he died, died. And around a similar time, my, my, um, one of my close friends' uh, dads died of a heart attack out of the blue. Shocks you and you realise life is so temporary. Maybe you've had things like that occur in, in your life or those close to you and you just think, well, life is just so passing and it's so frail and it goes so quickly. So what news is this that we have this morning that through Jesus comes everlasting life? Normal bread doesn't last. Manna doesn't last. Today you've had breakfast and you'll be hungry at lunchtime. We've got the fellowship meal that some are coming to. We're also down for the, for the, for the YP uh, uh, tea today. And we thought, well, uh, people are going to be hungry. Well, they might not be quite so hungry if they've had a good fill-in at lunchtime. But we've got some stuff over there because, you know, a few hours will pass and people will want it uh, uh, more. The, the things of this life, the food in this life doesn't last. But Jesus gives everlasting life. Talking with somebody before the service. And uh, yeah, feeling inadequate in you know putting this across, and uh, but taking some heart in this, the Lord might use this morning as a key part of giving somebody everlasting life. Wow! Wow! It's put in a second way. Being raised up at the last day. Now, if you notice that, it's four times in this passage. For instance, verse 40 again. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It's part of everlasting life, more specific, anticipates the end of human history, anticipates the great day of judgment. And it's saying believers will be okay. In fact, their spirit, alive forever through Christ, will be reunited with a resurrected, glorified body, they will be raised in that day. You sometimes see people buried, you go to funerals. Some haven't, you're quite young, it's not come your way. For those in the middle, as I've had a few occurrences, for those who are older, life seems to be full of going to funerals. And you have somebody buried, and you say, was that it? That finished? And the message is clear. For the believer, no, it's not. They have everlasting life with Christ. They will be raised at the last day. They will enjoy the beauties and wonders of a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. If you believe already, you have everlasting life. If you do believe you will have everlasting life. If you don't believe, contrary to that, you don't have everlasting life. 
and you won't be raised up in this glorious way in the last day. So, this should be our biggest focus, shouldn't it, what we've heard about this morning. I'll read that verse 27 again to, do, again to you. Do not work for the food that, do not labour for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. This should be our biggest focus you spent all these years, if I can put it up there, filling your face. But have you ever had your deepest need met and found true life? You've had all those trips to Morrison's. You've had all those times when you put food in the microwave. You've had all those meals out and all those lunch boxes with sandwiches. Well, good. Grateful for it. Each one is a gift. But have you got what really matters through Jesus? Have you taken the bread of life? Do you have everlasting life? Will you be okay in the last day? These words of Jesus are of towering significance, aren't they? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Well, we're going to sing our last song, which is a, a song of invitation to come uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to come in our thirst and our need, and to find satisfaction in him. Come to the waters Whoever is thirsty, drink from the fountain that never runs dry. Jesus, the loving one, offers you mercy, life more abundant in boundless supply.
thank you for the wonderful news that we've been reminded of this morning. We thank you that the bread of God, which gives life, has come down from heaven. We thank you for Jesus, your son, coming into this world and going to the cross. We thank you for the wonder, the sheer amazement, the thrill that through him is everlasting life and safety on that last day. Do encourage people's hearts who are already believers by what they have heard. Do draw others to Jesus for the first time through his message this morning, we pray. Amen.